What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 83. I'm your host, Greg, and I'm here tonight with Ryan and Tyler. And, you know, the Red Wings are playing again this time in Minnesota. And, I mean, so far it's all right. But how are you guys doing tonight? It's coming into the All-Star break. The Red Wings are the only team in hockey without 40 points. And it fucking sucks. So it's great. We're doing great, Greg. Things are great. It's beautiful. (laughs) Tyler well to piggyback off of what Ryan said I am doing great the Red Wings are great right now no not really they are fucking horrible but well well, you know really what can you do about it you can just kind of be positive and Giovanni Smith scored his first NHL goal a couple days ago and then he scored another one so I mean there's the positive Zadina scored another goal tonight he's got seven so I mean well I mean there's some positivity not much but there's a little bit I'll take it. Yeah, it's development and growth. It's what we were hoping for. I mean, we have stuff to look forward to. Me and Ryan will be at the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets Analytic Conference in a couple weeks. That'll be fun. We get to go watch the Red Wings get destroyed by the Blue Jackets in in the Blue Jackets building. That should be interesting. Should be a good crowd, though. Me and Ryan just discussed that I will be coming to the uh, last game of the season with my dad again. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I will be making a trip to Detroit for the last game of the year. Yep. Cool. I'll have to find and a babysitter. Game, a loss against the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> I think their final two games of the year against Tampa. Like we appreciate you so much. It's that one. We appreciate you so much that we are going to let you get destroyed by your technically biggest quote unquote rival right now in the last game of the year, just to make you extra sad going into the draft. How's your season been? Oh, let's make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> Putting salt in the wound. Seal. <laughs> nice thing Seal. is it's going to be on a Saturday, so we, we can just go down there and get sloshed. Not yeah. even remember it. Yeah. So tonight we only have a little bit to talk about. Again, the Red Wings have not been great, um, but Howie has been great. So that's up on our on the schedule for today. That's not sarcasm for the no, first time all season. It's not. And uh, Larkin heating I mean, his up. His last game wasn't good. But it was just... no the, the game was good the game was good there well, was some yeah, 40 very 45 okay i take that back so. yeah yeah and i mean there was an empty netter but it he he looked good i i think that howie i even made a poster for it how howie got his groove back and it was pretty good <laughs> that was solid I, but, I, I appreciated that one uh jimmy howard in in his past three games now and even tonight has looked solid and it and it's weird because it went from being absolute dumpster fire to really good goaltending like overnight and i have no idea what happened he looks like what we saw last season in that he kept the team in the game for as long as he possibly could because the defense is a complete dumpster fire but he he, the only thing that i think he can really pin against him is he had that one true goal of jimmy wtf of that slapper off the the far point that went right over his near post shoulder. You're just like, dude, come on. Of all the pucks, you got to stop. That's the one. But, I mean, other than that, he's actually getting across the crease pretty decent. I mean, there's a few times where he's just doing that whole, I don't know what I'm here look. I don't he just, know like, what to do around. with my hands. Like, Uh-huh. Where the puck will go by him and he thinks something's happening and he just turns his body rather than just doing a sprawl like he expects a typical goalie to do. So, I think that he's just, like, maybe lost uh, something. Not really sure what. But I mean, last three games he's faced, he's getting destroyed. 
he had 35, 34, and 40 saves respectively just the last three games with a 946, 919. Last one, he still let in five, has an 889 save percentage. But, I mean, overall, it, when you're seeing 45, 37, 37 shots in three games, it's still not too bad. Yeah. It just doesn't help that you're not getting goals from the other end. Considering yeah, I'm starting to get... I'm starting to get sick of the people on Facebook and on Twitter and, and social media in general. They're like, Oh, Jimmy Howard sucks. And this and that. And the other thing, it's like, yeah, his record is two and 18 and like his save percentage and his goals against average isn't great. But like, the, look at the team in front of them. This team is about to set a record for a, how bad of a, a season that they've had all year long. I mean, they're probably just as bad as that 2014 Colorado Avalanche team that had like, what was it, 62 points or whatever. This team might be just as bad as that team. They have 12 fucking wins right now. Like, please. Not good, Bob. Yeah, the way we're trending actually right now, we might not even break 60 points. But so, so to kind of counter you, Tyler, yeah, the team in front of Jimmy has been bad. And that's part of the reason that his stats look bad. But he has also, for a very long stretch, not looked good. Um, yeah. yeah, but how 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 hard is it to look good when your team is terrible and you have guys like Alex Biega and fucking Jonathan Erickson floating around out there? Okay, but okay, so he has had so Jimmy Howard has had one, two, oh. three, four, five, six, seven, eight now games. Eight of his games that he has played uh, has he had a point nine save percentage or higher um he's had some he's had a 76 percent save night he's had a 73 percent save night he's had a 78 percent save night those are some backup type numbers and i'll yep. defend jimmy howard to the hills jimmy howard is a career above average goaltender jimmy yes. howard does not have guys in front of him that are going to help him very much now, I will say the past three games, even with an 889, he did 45 shots against. That's a very, very high number of shots against, against a good Colorado team. So it's a, a lot of those two were defensive lapses where people are standing in front of the net and you hope that they're going to clear the puck and they don't and they get scored on. So other ones are, are weird bounces that aren't his fault. There have been goals all year that are not his fault. But I think the bottom line is before, I would say before the Pittsburgh game, Jimmy Howard maybe looked good in, in three or four other games this season. But uh, I'll take a 37 shot night at a 94 save percentage. I'll take a 37 shot night at a 91 and I'll take a 45 shot night at an 88. That's fine. Jimmy is coming back. And I think the big thing about him this year is just in the games that he's played and, and people are like, oh, I'm watching. I don't know what's going on with him. And I don't know what, how he's, there's just something wrong with him. And what it is, is it's his lateral movement has not oh, been, been good. Bad. It's been, that's what I was talking about where he just like turns around and be like, where's the puck? Well, Instead I, of actually making a movement. Toward yeah. Him. And I look at a lot of it and I go, well, he's just literally, you see the puck move and he's a second too slow. It's one yeah. second difference between him saving the puck and not. And that's, I mean, a second is all you have. That's all you have in this league is a second. So it's just, it's, and I mean, you can't really blame injury. And I think what it is, is it's, he's just old. He's old. It's his, caught up to him. His reaction time is slowing down. 
but the the Jimmy Howard that has shown up the past two game our past three games plus this Minnesota game is the Jimmy Howard you hoped he would be from the beginning of this season is the Jimmy Howard you know can play well up to an NHL level and if anything this may be slightly upping his trade value so we'll yes. see and that's being made very clear that uh, old Stevie Y is looking for more assets. Yeah, he said in his interview that he's looking for picks. Uh, someone I saw posted a, a did a whole here's each team's trade block, and and people were going crazy in the comments like, oh, we should pick up this guy and this guy, and Timmins was one of them. And I'm like, well, you're not really nope. I, sure. Timmins would be an okay player. Um, he's a Timmons. he's a prospect for the Abs. Um, oh, okay. I, th- I thought you were, I thought you mistakenly were trying to say Simmons, no. and I was like, uh, Greg. Yeah. No, he's he's an abs prospect, <laughs> and he'd be an okay pickup. But Stevie made it clear that he's not really looking for players. He's looking for picks, and we've got eight coming up in this draft, uh, and and we need more. So that's the, whoever needs to up their trade value better do it now, because that's that's kind of what's happening. He's he's floating the names out there. And I think the the Griffs are playing tonight, and they had all their player development people there watching the game. And Heavily. Yeah, what Griffin's Nest basically said was that they're going to be doing some player evaluation during the All-Star break, seeing who they can ship out. So I would say Jimmy Howard is doing a good job of upping his trade value. There's a couple players that, that I look at that, that could be traded at the deadline. I mean, we kind of talked about this last week, but like, Jimmy Howard could be one. Luke Glendening could be a good pickup for somebody. Um, Valtteri Filppula could be another pickup. I mean, outside chance you trade a guy like Madison Bowie or like you know someone like that. And Perlini. Then to see you if he could ever get healthy is another guy that could be out of here. Could you try to trade a Perlini? Could you try to trade a Ernie? Could you try and trade? I mean, you're going to try and trade probably some of your RFAs that you don't have plans to resign. Right. I mean, those are tricky, but I think you can still make a depth move where you're maybe getting another, it'd be more like a player deal, but you're not getting really an NHL type. If anything, they're going to net you nothing more than at most a fourth, but that's a stretch because they're not actually producing. So, I mean, I think you're still getting a guy like Glenn Denning is still more valuable than any of those guys combined. Complete hockey news are the ones that posted it on Mm -hmm. And they listed Detroit's trade block as Andreas Athanasiu, Luke Glendening, Mike Green, and Valtteri Filppula. So I'd buy that. I, I would too, but I would add some names to that. I would add Darren Helm. I would mm-hmm. add Patrick Nemeth. Beyond that, I, I think they're probably pretty spot on, but as you can see, Mike Green apparently hurt himself again, so he's now injured. Uh, hopefully he gets better by before the trade deadline. Philpola is, is Philpola still out or is he back in tonight? No, he's out tonight. Fellini, yeah. or wait, no, Philpola's in. I'm sorry. Nielsen's out. Okay. My, no, he, yeah, he's still gone. Athanasiu's injured right now. Mike Green's injured right now. Now, Athanasiu did say that he hoped to be back. I think he said for the February 2nd game. Uh, so that's coming up. So if he can come back and he can make a little bit of noise before trade deadline, that'd be nice. Um, but yeah, I would add Jimmy Howard to the trade list. I would add Darren Helm to the trade list. I would add Patrick Nemeth to the trade list because as much as people like to shit on Patrick Nemeth currently, he's been a pretty decent defenseman that does kind of what he's supposed to do. He's just supposed to be a physical presence there, though I wish he'd get a little bit more physical in front of the net because that one goal that happened tonight was a direct result of Nemeth not taking his guy out. 
Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I mean, I think I think their best bet. I mean, here's where I wish Mike Babcock wasn't fired because we'd be getting a second round pick for Luke Lindenning. But that's besides the point. I, I, um, I still think they need to try to deal green, but he's probably going to have some deathly virus come up again or something like that and not be tradable. If Howard actually keeps up on his shit like he is right now, you got to think that they deal him. And then I still am kind of hopeful that what ends up happening is they get rid of one or two or even three of these guys. It dumps some more cap room for them. And then they're able to take on a junk contract of a team trying to make another big move at the deadline, but it also brings them in maybe an extra pick or something like that. So it's, there's a lot of ways that they should go. And I think that Iserman's going to do it. It's just that what type of return can they really garner for how shitty the team as a whole has been? Yeah. Ryan, exactly. I think if they get any offers from any, for any of these players, they're gone. No matter uh, what. Yeah, but what like what offer though? Like, are you just being like, all right, here's a fourth round pick? Is that gonna be? Con- are you content with that? I'm fine with that. What's wrong with that? For who though? I mean, obviously, for a guy like Glenn Denning, you'd probably want a third or a second or maybe even a prospect. But then for like a, a Mike Green or a Valtteri Filippo, you wouldn't take a fourth round pick to give Z- uh, Vol- Valeno an opportunity in the lineup. Valeno yeah, wouldn't it, get that opportunity it, though. Uh, Rasmussen would. Oh, even even that, that's fine. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. It, it's tricky for me because uh, we should have sold. They should have sold two years ago on Mike Green, and they never did it. And now, I mean, yes, the injury stuff that came up and all the stuff that he had going on did not help, but it's just stuff like that that he, the, the, his value has just plummeted and it's been just rough. So it's a fourth round pick would suck to be quite honest for any of those guys. Is it worth it? Maybe, but I still think that a third or bust really should be where the bar is set for some of these guys. Glenn Denny, and I think he can still reach for a second because this is such a deep draft. Ryan Hartman got a first round pick a couple of years ago. If, if we don't get higher than, listen, a, than listen, a third, listen, don't, don't, base what you want off of what other dumbass GMs have done. Right. Look at the career of Peter Chiarelli and tell me that we <laughs> should we should trade Luke Glendening for Taylor Hall. See, here's where the good old boy system would have been fantastic because if Chiarelli was still around, we'd be trading everybody for first round picks. Exactly. You'd take everyone. <laughs> but it's that's the thing is that it, I think some GMs are getting a little smarter. You're not going to see a lot of really stupid trades happen anymore. Ken Holland is still in the NHL. He, Let's calm down. He is, and he did give up a first-round pick for Kyle Quincy at one point. We're not going there, Greg. <laughs> but, but I don't think Holland really has any interest in anyone on the team. Besides, did that first-round pick become uh, Andre Vasilevsky? Right? Yes. Yeah, we, but was, see, we don't, we don't. God damn it! We don't do this because we would Quincy. not have picked Vasilevsky uh, in that draft. I anyways. don't care. It was for Kyle Quincy. That's all <laughs> but, that mattered. But. I think the only person that Edmonton might have interest in would be Athanasiu because if you put out a line Weird. of uh, of McDavid, Drysaddle, Athanasiu, I mean, what that could be extremely lethal line because you don't really at that point have to worry about Athanasiu's lack of defense because McDavid more than makes up for it. So yeah. I think that if you do something like that, I think that would be the only way that they would want 
uh, the only player they would want. And yeah, you could ask for a, a Jesse Pooley back in a deal like that. So see, I think that one could be a win-win because they're both restricted. Correct. Yeah. You have full, you'd have full control. Pooley RV, I, I think is only 21. I think that type of deal that could be, I think a straight up swap of players, like a one for one. Any and, interest I think, in trading and I think Fabry? both teams w- work out for it. Huh? What does, what's that? Any interest in trading Robbie Fabry? No. I hope not. No, because I mean, your ask on him because of what he's done this season would be a first-round pick. And yep. I don't think um, anyone in the league right now is going to give you a first-round pick for him. Not off just a small snippet. And I think you are going to – you benefit more from making him part of the young core than you do trading him. Because if he's producing at a, a higher rate and better than Athens you currently, even though the speed's not the same, the hands are better, and he's younger. So he's the same age as Larkin. Uh, if you have Larkin and Fabry, Bertuzzi and Mantha, I don't think you really need – that's kind of what – Fabry is kind of who makes Athens you expendable. Oh, 100%. I mean, you could trade Fabry away and just keep Athens you as part of the core. But see, I yeah, but, past the season, I'm having a hard time keeping Athanasiu because of the way he's performed, and, and because be, of the contract he's yeah, likely going to demand, and because of his. I like agent. Fabry. I like Fabry, and, and and I'm not saying trade him. I'm just saying that like I don't really think that there's anyone that's untradeable on this team. I mean, if someone someone wows you, then then you get rid of the person there's, and you regroup from there. There's no one untradeable on any team. It just depends on what you're point, asking. Yeah. Uh, McDavid's tradable, depending on what someone's willing to give you for him. If someone comes and offers you five first round picks and their star player and uh, their top three prospects, you're not going to trade McDavid. I mean, you basically with what they would give you back, you would set up your, your entire franchise for the next, however many years with not just one player. So that's, that's the thing is you got to figure out like, is Dylan Larkin tradable? Yes. Is anyone going to give you what you're going to ask for Dylan Larkin? Absolutely not. Because you're going to ask way more than most people would be, well, than anyone currently would be willing to part with. Like for Larks, you're starting at two first round picks and, yeah. and you go up from there. But I don't think anyone's going to do that. So it, it, the no one is off. The thing is, is no one is off limits, but we can say, well, these players are un, untouchable. But generally, when we say that, it's because no one's going to give you what you would ask for to get them. Um, that's, See, that, kinda... that's where I'm happier having Iserman to make these deals yeah. than Ken Holland, because Ken Holland would just sit on his thumb getting a deal like you mentioned and be like, nah, we, we can't get rid of a guy like this. OK, well, that's why we suck. Yeah. Now, thank you. I think that's the difference between untouchable and untradeable. Uh, no one is untradeable. There are several people that are untouchable because untouchable just means that no one would give you what you want to get rid of them. So yeah. um, I think that's where we're going. But I, back to Jimmy Howard, I guess, what are you expecting? What if, if Howard continues playing the way he's playing through the all-star break all the way up to trade deadline, he continues his performance where he's above uh, a, a 9.1 save percentage every night. He's maybe letting in two, three goals a game on 30 shots, 45 shots, whatever. And, mm-hmm. and he ups his value. What, what do you realistically see as a peak trade value for Jimmy Howard? Third. A third? Ryan, are you clicking? Yep. Uh, I might have hit, hit my thing. No, I think I think a third is what you would get from, from him at this point. 
Okay. Tyler, what would you ask for Jimmy Howard if he continues to play the way he's played? I mean, I guess it depends on, like, how desperate the team is. Like, if, if one of these teams, like, loses a starting goalie or something like that, I mean, I could see maybe a second, you know, to use to play the way he's been playing. Um, but I, yeah, I would, I would agree with Ryan. Probably a third. I mean, that would, that would be my expectation. And if, if he does start to plummet and, and Eisenman still deals him, I mean, I would take a fourth for him as well. I mean, there's, so I mean, that, that's why I'm not against getting picks because I mean, at the end of the day, how he's not doing anything for your team right now. I guess he's keeping you in some of these games, but I mean. You don't want to be in these games anyways. You might as well lose them all, really. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I, and in mentioning not wanting to be in these games, I guess we can go on to, like, Anthony Mantha's basically hinted at being shut down for the season. That's uh, so sad. Yeah, they said at a minimum a month, uh, but could be the rest of the season. And So what the hell is wrong? Do we have any idea um, what's actually, what the actual injury is, or is it concussion-related, no, or no. what, what I, is it? What it was was shoulder and ribs. Okay. Um, I, and I, you can see how when you watch the Muzzin oh. debacle from a different angle, he's the rock complete, bottom. Well, he's completely slammed on his shoulder. Yeah. So, what it is is it's shoulder and ribs, which makes sense. But I, I think there might be a little bit to it that they could just precautionarily be keeping Mantha out so that he heals a hundred percent. Because they're they know they're not gonna win. They know the season is lost for even Mantha to to do anything great with it because he's missed so many games that you just let him heal a hundred percent. You let him work out, let him come back next year to do the same thing. But it's getting to the point where you you really have to tell Mantha like, listen, man, if you're gonna fight someone, like, just don't don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, go he tell, go to the bench and tell Smith. To, to throw down for you or something because it's that's you just need to stop you got to stop hurting yourself because all your basically 80 percent of your injuries have been self-inflicted so, yeah on a fight that didn't really need to happen three years in a row now he's gotten injured trying to start a scrap or in the middle of a scrap of some sort isn't yeah. that something though isn't that something three years in a row that, that he's gotten into scrap and gotten hurt in every single one of them it's like what yeah, it's just he needs to stop fight. Like I, I get it. Like you get pissed off and you want to stick up for yourself, but go to a guy that'll do it for you, and that you yeah, know and has... don't do it against guys that love to fight. Like Jake yeah. Muzzin is not afraid to throw himself into you, no. or or scrap with somebody like that. Ugh. But now his yeah. foot's broken, so screw that guy. Yeah, fuck you, Muzzin. But yeah, you just gotta tell you gotta tell Mantha to, to shut down the fighting because we need if we're gonna improve as a team, we need you because you mm-hmm. can score forty goals a season. So God, he was gonna do it too. He was. he was absolutely gonna score forty this year. Yep. And then you just make a dumb move, you get Connor McGregor down to the ice, and you break your shoulder or whatever hey, the hell you did. So that needs to stop. But I mean, I like it, the cross sports pollination you just brought right there. <laughs> nice job, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> But diversity one of the craziest 40 seconds of my life the other day <laughs> but uh that was it, the biggest waste of money you to spent anyone that bought that. yeah to anyone that actually spent money on it i uh, sure didn't i almost did but i didn't no there there are plenty of ways to go to a buffalo wild wings you can see it for free um is it really sports yeah they yeah do all they the pay-per-views a, they're contracted with uh i mean it depends on where you go like uh the 
when I was living in Bowling Green, they would do a, a cover charge sometimes because it was a college town. Yeah. But uh, I mean, most of them, it's your just go show up and drink and be merry. You have to get there early enough to get a seat, but they right they have contracts with the uh, UFC to to broadcast all the games, so yeah, or all the matches. Awesome. But yeah, it's so Mantha needs to stop. But another guy I mentioned, I guess, during the Mantha talk is how good has Giovanni Smith been? Uh, fantastic. Like his and game from a year. Yeah, his game. The difference in his game from a year ago is staggering. Like, oh yeah, he's everything that we were hoping he was going to turn into. I mean, he's not there yet, but he is slowly on pace to be, or in line to be what we were freaking hoping for. I mean, and look who he's playing with too. Like, you've got him playing on the fourth line with Christopher N and Justin Abdulkader. Now, where he's being effective is when he either crosses lines with people like Zadina. Or that he's on the the power play, but I think he's he's gonna be a solid guy for you on the PK. I mean, he's got what two goals now in the last five games. Mm-hmm. He's averaging about ten minutes a night, eleven minutes a night. He's throwing the like he's throwing the body like it's no one's business, and he's I mean he's just looked very. I, I guess the best word is confident. He's confident yeah. out on the ice, and you can see it in his game. In and he's not standing down. Like the goal tonight that he was in front of the net on that Zadina got credited for, which he made him getting credit for. No, he never touched it. He never. Touched okay, it. but either way, he's right there in front. Do you see who was on his back hip that entire time and not being able to get good position on him? That was Ryan, their first power play goal in 18 tries. Ryan Suter was on Giovanni Smith. Nice thing about Smith, too, that's fantastic, and this is why I can't wait for Rasmussen to finally get back up here, is how big he is, like, size-wise. Overall height, he's, what, six, four, six two, but he plays like he's way bigger than that. It's just we haven't seen a net front truly since Homer yeah. back in the day. And Burt has been that to an extent, but he's not able to put his ass right up there. Advocator was for a little bit when he was playing with uh, the Euro twins, but that was still not to the same level of being able to tip pucks down or actually win a, a solid fight right out front. So if you've got Smith, Rasmussen, and Bertuzzi being able to take that, the dirty goals and get in there for stuff like that, that's going to change the entire dimension for the offense. This is his 14th game this season. So, so his contract's <laughs> already been burnt then. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. This... So I mean I don't under I don't think at this point you, you can send him back. I don't think there's anyone that could come back from any kind of injury that and even at this point I, I'd say Athenasiu. There's no reason to. If Athenasiu comes back, I, I think you just move a Christopher N out of the lineup. Yep. I mean hundred percent. There's you, it'd be stupid not to. You have a guy in here that's that's come in and he's shown what he's worth. He's shown why he, he can play the big game. He can shut people down. He plays the body. He's not afraid to get in the corners and dig out pucks. And he's really good at it. He's also, again, like you said, your net front guy who's going to scrum in front. He's going to block off the goalie. He's going to push people out of the way. And he's going to get the dirty goals. Like he, If, I, if that Zadina goal would not have gone in, Smith would have pushed that puck in. So... Mm-hmm. What sucks is that he's gotten two goals and neither of them he could really celebrate because they were at the end of an ass whooping. Destroying. So, yeah, so it wouldn't have really, it would have been kind of a dick move just to get all <laughs> up in their face and celebrate their goal. 
Uh, I'm sorry. I'm laughing right now. So the period just started. I know you guys are on delay, but watch when the wings dump the puck in. Idiots set their beers on the ledge of the glass <laughs> and they just went flying. A awesome. couple of them caught their beers, but the other ones did not. And they, they were full. Beautiful. Oh my God. What a rookie move. Why would you, you can't, do that? That is such a way. There's 10 bucks just all over the floor and all over you because you're an idiot. Uh, buy yourself another wipe off yeah. and buy another beer. That's so sad. People, man. Not uh, be so pissed off. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. I had to share. But yeah, Giovanni Smith has uh, <laughs> more than uh, taken his place on this team. Uh, knows what role he needs to be in, and he's filling that role perfectly. Which I think for a guy, what was his draft position when when he was brought or when he was uh, taken second round, forty sixth overall. So that, mm-hmm. I mean, he's playing to to what you would get out of his draft position in, in what's considered his rookie season. He's only going to get better as he learns the game. He's only going to get better as he gets better line mates and more quality shots on net. So I think for, for where he is in his development, he's light years above where he was uh, when when he came up last season in, or in Grand Rapids last season. He was playing a little, the first half of the year, he was a little slow. Like you said, a second behind everything, maybe not getting those quality shots, but he really came on the second half and, and he earned his call up and he's definitely earned his place on the team right now. Yeah. I mean, the way, another way to think about it too, is if, I mean, they have a healthy top six group, like you could almost, if you really want to try to get some balance going for this roster, like going into next season, for instance, and cause you got to assume that they're not making a free agent splash. No, they won't. we can't, we can't pray and hope we can, well, we can pray and hope but the likelihood is still seems unlikely that they get Lafreniere. Um, but you could almost roll with a Burt Larkin uh, Smith as your top line, then go Mantha Zadina. And then whoever's going to be your center. If you've got Valino maybe or Rasmussen up there, you could roll that as your top six. And I don't think they would, fairly miss a beat and that's not even including Fabry if they bring him back or Anthony see you you could put slot that as your third line like you've got three scoring lines all of a sudden yeah once you get right uh, and, and like we every single podcast analyst uh writer athletic contributor random twitter person has said once you cut the dead weight this team yep. becomes good which is why next year will probably be a bottom five team again but in two years, I Likely. mean, be a bubble or wild. We could be a bubble or wild card team because the dead weight starts falling off. The contracts could be tradable to a team that's struggling to hit the cap floor. You could buy out a final year. The possibilities uh, get, I, I guess, compound themselves because of, of contract possibilities at that point in cap space. So you're you're freeing up spots, you're freeing up cap. You may be able to cut some people, and, and in two years you could be a bubble or playoff uh, wild card team. So I think the last we thing have, we spoke too soon on Jimmy, by the way. Yeah, that was a bad, bad shot. goal. Yeah, it was a bad one. Good shot, but geez, man, yeah. that's a patented like ah, uh, Jimmy, what are you doing? Like the one before that 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 tied it, but that Zucker shot, just yeah. like man, who blew their coverage? Shalowski? yeah. That's about I don't even right. know if it was blown coverage. Just Fabry got aggressive, and then they were rotating the D, and Chalowski got trapped on it. Yeah, and Zucker's also pretty fast. He's not a bad player, but but still, I mean, you know, he made Jimmy look stupid, so I can't really say a whole lot. 
Yeah, Fab- uh, Fabry, Fabry tried to get cute and pass the puck between his legs. Yeah, and then Pert that, was clean Okay, hold was on. Not ready for it. I just saw the last angle of that. He picked top glove side from that angle. I thought it went. I thought it went top blocker side. It went top glove side. That's a hard shot. Yeah, I'd have to see it again. Know. He, I've seen that too many times. Get past Jimmy. So to me, it's they know it is weakness. Uh, Diego's getting feisty. Man, you guys are way so far behind. Um. So, so I think the last thing we want to talk about tonight is just kind of uh, Dylan Larkin after having what some people would consider a slow start to the year. He's not where he's probably wanted to be points-wise. Over the past five, six games, he's really started to heat up, and he's been a pretty dominant player, and I don't know – I don't, I can't say I don't know what's gotten into him because that's just the kind of player that Larkin is. But, I mean, he's really come along from where he was at the beginning of the year and, and kind of gotten to the point where he's taken over games recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still one of five players on the roster, including Mantha, who's been hurt, that has a positive Corsi. So when he's on the ice, good things are still happening. Now, granted, they're just bad, so goals are happening against him. But to see people openly say that he is not top center or even a second line center or that he should be traded immediately because they think he's not worthy of being a captain or a leader on the team. I just don't understand it. And I, I don't think I ever will. And I hate you guys for it because that goddamn <laughs> Facebook group, you keep bringing it up and I just get angry. Ah, it's hilarious. Stup- no, it's not. It's the <laughs> fucking worst. It's really not, Greg. It's not. You, I, I'm convinced that you're just evil inside and that you want to see everyone uh. suffer because you run that damn Facebook group and you think it's the greatest thing ever, and it's the worst. It is a cancer on society. It is. Oh, it is. God. Um, but Dylan Larkin has 12 points uh, coming in, plus tonight, 12 points in 11 games which is kind of what he probably should have been on pace since the beginning of the season. Dylan Larkin is a in this league with if, if Mantha was here from when he got injured, I could say Dylan Larkin right now might be a point per game player or at the same yep. pace he was at last season. Um, if losing that top Mantha line was still hurt. together, they'd be all almost at a point per game, I bet. Yeah, Dylan Larkin has uh, has suffered a little bit because of losing Anthony Mantha and not having a solid replacement for him. But I think Zadina being played the last few games on the top line has really helped. Uh, because you are replacing Mantha, which what they should have done from the beginning, with a quality goal scorer in someone like Philip Zadina. Not so, Luke Glendening. No, not top line Luke Glendening. That's <laughs> that's what we do not need ever. Luke Glendening. Yeah, I love that. No. I'll take Helm over Glendening, but even Stonehands can't save him. Yeah, but Larkin can make people around him look really good uh, if they have some talent to begin with. So um, it's. I think Larkin, though, in the past 10, 11 games has really God damn it, has gotten his groove back, uh, found it, and, and has been, over. I guess, performing to the, the way he should. And for the people that think that he, oh, he's in a, on any other team, he's a third-line center, that's so dumb. That's so dumb. Like, you can't like, even that. If that was the that. case, then you wouldn't, like, during, was it the intermission, or Eddie O was talking about 
the how good of a player it was Olchek at the start of the game just talking about the way that Larkin is able to come in and dictate play when he's on the ice now does it is there times where you're just like what the hell are you doing yeah because he tries to do too much because there's nothing around him yeah but when you surround him with guys when it's him like Bert and Mantha it's that line can compete with anyone in hockey and yeah it's, and it's Ryan, hands Ryan down the- the fact that that um, Olchek said that it says a lot because Olchek fucking hates the Red Wings. He's oh always, yeah, M- most Mr. of the NBC hates them. Well, no, yeah. I mean, of course he does. I'm I'm just saying, like, you know, he's a national guy. He's supposed to somewhat be um, yeah. not biased. I mean, his not his biased. bias will never go away. Being a, a true to form black. <laughs> Actually, I think he's pretty. He's from Chicago too, so I guess that kind of makes sense. But like. Still, I mean, the fact that he says that just tells you how how the league feels of uh, of how good Dylan Larkin actually is or could be, uh, you know, in the near future. I mean, like Larkin, just watching the games in general, like you can tell when the Larkin line's out there. Yeah, you know, the, the team looks way the different when Larkin's out there. Pace is completely different. Yep, they've got the puck. Obviously, I mean, like I just mentioned, his course he's still above fifty, which is impressive for the status of this team so you can tell that when they're on the ice they're controlling play and actually making things happen unlike pretty much any other line on the team yep yeah you can tell when the other lines are out there it looks like an ahl roster almost i think the thing is is even worse dylan larkin drives play it's bad larkin makes guys around him better uh again corsi he there's more ozone play when larkin's on the ice than there is d zone play so he ha- he controls the puck. He gets the puck back, and I think that Larkin has been really good for Zadina because he, uh, like a lot of the guys look at look to Larkin for for how to play. And if you look mm-hmm. at Zadina's defensive play, it's been phenomenal. Uh, Zadina fights for the puck every time he's on the ice. If he loses the puck, he fights to get it back. And his his 200 foot game has looked good, but his defensive game has looked awesome. So and he's not afraid to put a body on. No, and I think Larkin ha- has helps the younger kids quite a bit because i mean he had hank to help him so yep it's it's just yep. passing it on and I, that's kind of again captain material and if you say dylan larkin shouldn't be captain because he's too emotional like you you need to stop go sit in the corner <laughs> just don't talk about <laughs> hockey ever again you get the dunce cap no they What's said steve eiserman was emotional. Nope, they tried telling me steve eiserman would never do what dylan larkin does he would never fight the refs or yell at anyone because he was the most hated by officials. Yeah. Ryan Ryan and Greg, according to old people, no matter who it is, old people here, young buck, whoever was playing in the nineties or the two thousands is always going to be better than what we have currently now. Even when we are a good team with Lafreniere and with Larkin and with Zadina and with Valeno and with all these guys, no matter how many goals they put up, no one's ever going to be Steve Eisenman. No one's ever going to be. Yeah. I mean, technically, no they're not wrong. Guys. Technically, they're not wrong. But, but at the same time, what if you did have a, a Sidney Crosby type player? Here's There's the thing, though. Look at, Steve look at Steve Eisenman. Okay. Nick Lidstrom wasn't Steve Eisenman. Henrik Come Zetterberg on. wasn't Nick Lidstrom. Dylan Larkin's not Henrik Zetterberg. You're not supposed to be different. the guy before you, you're supposed to be your own leader. Each captain is different in their own way. They all lead differently. And it comes down to they command the respect of their players. Their players listen to them. 
they are exemplary on the ice and off the ice in how they represent themselves and how they represent the franchise. It's not you're supposed to be like the guy before you. It's you're mm-hmm. supposed it's how you lead in that you are a leader in that you are respected by the league. You are respected. All the analysts love Dylan Larkin. Um I was it who's uh is it Patrick Sharp Patrick Sharp now is an analyst. Yeah, he uh, even ref- yeah he even refers to him as the future captain. Um, he does when he does the Red Wings calls. So it's the the league gets it and the league knows it. We get it and we know it. It's the basic people out there like he's not Steve Eiserman. Okay, well Lidstrom wasn't Eiserman, and Zetterberg wasn't Lidstrom, and Zetterberg wasn't Eiserman. So Larkin's not going to be Eiserman, and Larkin's not going to be Lidstrom, and he's not going to be Zetterberg. He's going to be Dylan Larkin, and that's what he's supposed to be. So get off his nuts. Seriously. Stop. I, w- I will say, though, the nice thing about Stevie being back is that's only going to make Larkin a better player, better yeah. person, and better leader in that sense because he's already made it clear that he's talking to him a decent amount and he's picking his brain every opportunity that he gets, even though because Eisenman is not too involved or too engaged because it's during the season. But they're talking – and he's learning from him, and that's exactly what you would want. Yeah, in one of the recent uh, Larkin interviews, he was asked, like, does Steve talk mm-hmm. to you? What has he said? He's like, yeah, Steve told me to work on my defensive game to be a better defensive player. Stevie had the uh, – what it sounded like was Stevie had the discussion with Larkin that Bowman had with Stevie. Mm-hmm. Learn to play defense, get better at defense, become a complete player, which Larkin already knew, and Larkin is p- good defensively anyways, but it's taking yeah. less penalties, it's turning the puck over less, it's becoming better in your own zone as well as in the offensive zone, and, and that could be a reason that Larkin's production was slower at the beginning of the season, but, I mean, it's it's something you have to learn, and we're not trying to win this season anyways, so let the guys develop. Um, to end tonight, we actually did get some questions on Twitter for oh. kind of a mini mailbag. Um, so we'll start with a question from at Manx Ravens 19. Is it time that the Red Wings give up pulling the goalie? We can't retain possession <laughs> and we seem to give up more empty netters than pull back the games. So <sighs> I, is it going to happen? No. Would <laughs> I care? No. If you're down by by three, this team shouldn't pull the goalie. I, I see. I know why they do it to get the extra skater, uh, and, and it works for most teams. But when your extra skaters, Luke Clendenning, I mean, it's not or Justin Abdicator, you're not getting God, much. You're not getting much more offense out of that. So should they? Is it time for them to stop pulling the goalie? Um, it's time for them to stop pulling the goalie that late. They should pull the goalie with five minutes left every game. Get that empty netter out Do of the, the way. Yeah, get the empty netter out of the way and then put him back in for the rest of the game. That way you can say at least you tried. So uh, what's funny is our friend uh, Beer League Chump responded with counterpoint. The Red Wings should always play without a goalie and run six <laughs> on five for the entire game. Some, uh, some games, though, I think that would have been a better plan. Probably. Uh, some of the well, earlier one looks real good. Yeah, some of the uh, uh, earlier Jimmy games where he had like a, a sub 700 or a sub 800 save percentage, you could have just kept him out the whole game, and and got put a six phone. skater. Yeah, put up a, a wet floor sign or something in goal. <laughs> 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 um. 
So from our friend Jim over at the Sports Gym Show, uh, he says, would it be easier to cut Abdelkader or trade him? Um, my response on Twitter was mysterious disappearance a la Jimmy Hoffa. Kid, kidnapping. Yeah. yeah. We, there's people in Detroit that know how to do these things. There's plenty of lakes in Michigan. Um, but honestly, <laughs> honestly, right, it's it's always going to be easier to cut Abdelkader. No one's going to take Abdelkader's contract. We talked about this at length a couple no, episodes no ago. No way. We, yeah, I mean, you... You'd have to retain salary okay. every year to make it worth it. Okay, would it be... Is it easier to cut him? Sure, that's a, signing a piece of paper and telling him to kick rocks. You could trade Justin Ablicator. You would just have to add him in with some really good picks to get back almost nothing. Like, that's a deal you try. To, you pray that Seattle does. I don't. I had a kind of a discussion about expansion draft today online. I could see it going a couple ways, but I still think they, like someone said, they take someone like Perlini, they take someone like Hicketts, they take someone like Adam Ernie. You just, oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, there's so many choices before Justin Abdicator, but you could say, hey, Seattle, I'll give you a third round, a second round pick. And, and Justin, if you take Justin Abdicator, you could get rid of him like that. But in two seasons, I don't still don't think we're going to be wanting to give away high round picks. No, I wouldn't. And I mean, every team has got decent cap hits right now, so it's going to be it'd be way too difficult to try to convince. I just I, I can't see it happening. Yeah, your basement cap teams right now are the Avalanche. Surprisingly, uh, they're at seventy four million, which isn't basement, but they've got a lot of free money and a damn good team. Which, and they've got guys they're going to have to pay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how many free agents do they actually have coming up? Uh, not a not a ton. I mean, you're going to no. have to give Burakovsky, you're going to have to give money. Um, but Matt Nieto's yeah, a UFA. they good for two years, yeah. Yeah, Matt Nieto's a UFA. It doesn't matter. Tyson Jost, I mean, sure, pay him a little bit. Valerie Nechuskin, sure, pay him a little bit. And Vadislav Kamenev, I don't even know who that is. That's a person? I don't, I don't know who that is either. played in the game the other day. Sure. Nikita Zadorov's an RFA. Uh, Ryan Graves is an RFA. The thing is, is, now, Ryan Graves will probably make some money because he's been really good this season. Mm-hmm. But most of their guys are RFAs, and you control them anyways. And Look only, how young their team is. God, that's depressing. Only four of them are arbitration eligible. So it's... The Bulls, 100% in their court. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, the abs are in an extremely good position right now at the bottom of the cap in the league. Uh, the next towards the bottom. And all they the, got to do is worry about a goaltender coming in the next season too. Yeah. You've got the devils who are at 74 million, the Sens who are at 75 million. I mean, no one's at the floor, the lower limit's 60 million. Um, so I don't think any teams going into next season or even two seasons down the road are going to have any trouble hitting the cap floor. Yeah. Um, if anything, the top teams like, Toronto, your Toronto's are going to have to get rid of people real quick. Mm-hmm. They've got six players on LTIR right now, and their cap hit right now is $94 million. It's incredible. So, it really is. Yeah. So it they just keep finding, they just keep destroying their players in the dressing room and like, oh, man, I don't know what happened. He's hurt now. So, so here's where they're screwed, <laughs> not having Babcock to go pump, pound some knees. Well, two of their guys are pretty much dead, though. It's Nathan Horton and David Clarkson has taken up $10 million of that cap. Well, that $10 million comes off next year. Jake Muzzin. Yeah, they both fall out. Muzzin, he's going to be gone. Yeah. So, Probably won't end up re-signing Tyson Berry either. No, they're, I wouldn't. Next they year, can't. 
yeah, going into next year, they're going to be in extreme cap hell. So what what would be hilarious is they did all this work in the off season and they could miss the playoffs. So God, that nothing would be more the best, nothing better than seeing Toronto suffer. Um, <laughs> the next, so I guess back to the question, it would be easier to waive advocator, very yeah. very much easier. Um, or just buy him out. Yeah. The next uh, from at mberkey24 on Twitter says, who do you see the Wings drafting with their fourth overall pick? Now, um, mm, I responded with, I love, the, I love the optimism that you're automatically assuming that we're going to drop the four. But um, this is something I would say right now where I sit Tim Stutzel, if he's there at four, yep. you take Tim Stutzel. Um, there is a chance that Tim Stutzel jumps up to three. At that point, you take Lucas Raymond. And I I can even throw in names there like um like a, I would even say you could take a Marco Rossi even though he's a little shorter. That'd his, be a good pick. Yeah, I looked I was looking at his stats today. The kid's nuts, and he's score or he's he's gaining points on a Connor McDavid level uh, in the OHL. So that's I mean, but he's smaller, and that's what some people will hang on to, and that yeah, that is what will make him drop in in the um in the draft but right now i'm sitting tim stutzel if he's there at four if he jumps up to three i'm taking a lucas raymond now of course one and two are going to be lafreniere and and byfield Mm -hmm. but uh next week and if it's still going ryan i know you need to follow up but next week we will have tony ferrari on from dauber prospects yep we're good with that still he's 100 in yeah tony will be on to talk about prospects uh, and the draft next week. So we'll get more into that uh, on our draft special with Dauber, which will be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last... yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a fun one. Yeah, Tony's a great guy, and he does some really good stuff, and he's actually made it quite uh, far in the world of sports uh, reporting and journalism in a year, which is really awesome to see. Um, and then the, the last question we had was from at Detroit Fan UK, which I'm assuming is a Detroit fan in the United Kingdom. Um, Good job. Says, how can slash should the wings attempt to force Ablocator into retirement? <laughs> so, uh, Ablocator has had some injury uh, problems in the past, right? Didn't he have? Has some, he though? Was it a knee problem or a shoulder, an ankle or shoulder or shoulder. something? Shoulder. He had a shoulder issue, I think, at one point. I guess you could. I mean, he could. He could mysteriously become allergic to his equipment. Um, he like could, Marion Hosea. Yeah. Marion. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think the person that that would be more likely to go on LTIR would be a Franz Nielsen, um, simply because he God, is simply because he is old and has had legitimate injuries recently. And Geriatric I say he's I say he's old and he's like thirty five and I'm thirty, so I yeah, guess I've only got five more years until I'm almost dead. But, God damn, I'm old. Yeah, but I think that I think that I'm only 25. Shut, shut up, up, Tyler. I think <laughs> I think that uh, Advocator being forced into retirement would be quite hard. I think he could be forced into the AHL easier. Um, I think Nielsen would be the next candidate to be forced to retire. I guess I depending on how compounding him. his injuries I are. I think we could force him to be the ball boy for the Detroit Tigers. Hey, he could pre- probably they actually do better than our f- those guys out there. He could probably be a second baseman for the Tigers at this point. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. The Tigers are doing nothing. So 
Um, those were the questions from Twitter. I would like to Fantastic. get uh, your guys' final thoughts uh, before we sign off tonight on this, what I guess is going to be another losing game for the Wings. That's that fantastic second period. So, uh, Tyler, Tyler, have at it. You can go first. <laughs> you can start. Well, I so I did say that I was going to the uh, last game of the season, but me and my buddy Ryan here are both going to the Bruins Red Wings game. I think we're going to both of them. There's one in February and one in March. What's the over under that we uh, lose that those two games? Set a number. I mean, what do we get I, over or under? How many goals? Five. A blues that by five. Sco- or that yeah. they score oh that we lose by 5 I'll take the under under I'll okay. take the under well, we've had we've had a bear of a time in Boston over the last like 5 or 6 Did you years, do that so. on purpose please tell me you didn't do that on purpose What you had a the bear of a time you had a no, bear of a time at the no Bruins game no, no that was no pun intended but but I no, will tell just... you in my life in my life <laughs> I have never heard the saying we had a bear of a time and you Is that a Boston to thing? Describe a Bruins a game. The time. No, no, we've had the time, huh? we've we've had a <laughs> terrible time in Boston over the last like six or seven years after dominating them there for a long period of time. Now, the over under that game, us losing by five, I would say, I would say I'll go over. I think we're gonna lose that game like eight to one. You yeah. think one of them is gonna be that terrible blowout like uh, we usually good for? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It, oh yeah. I, I went last year. And it, this was early in the season when we had all those kids up on defense and we lost eight to two and I threw up on my shoes. So that was fun. <laughs> you puked on your shoes? <laughs> we, this was on the podcast. He talked about this when it happened. Oh, I forgot <laughs> about that. I was drinking to forget. And uh, yeah, uh, David Pasternak had a hat trick and like he seems to dominate that us. Was, so I just think that was also the five. night where uh, Tyler's girlfriend got mad at him. Yep. Because he did. That was actually the day after. (laughs) So, uh, Ryan, we're going to get. Oh, Tyler, uh, Twitter. No, no, no. no. Tyler has given thoughts yet. So, yeah, those are. So, my final thoughts are pretty much like, yeah, I mean, keep drinking, drink to forget. This team sucks. (laughs) Don't don't throw up on your shoes. Don't throw up on your shoes. And this team. You're going to have a bad of a time. Really, really, really bad. So, drink (laughs) as much as you can. Don't be an alcoholic, but drink as much as you can. <laughs> drink responsibly as much as you drink can. Drink responsibly. There yeah. you go. Those are my final thoughts. Now I'm going to plug Founders after all at, of that at, talking about at, drinking. At, uh, you can follow Tyler at SealDog91. Oh, is I that forgot. what it is? Are we sure right now? No, it is. Is that where you're at, Tyler? It is. Oh, God. All right. Final thoughts. Well, I wanted to mention this last week, but it's actually the week of now. So as of the 26th of this month, January 26th, I will be officially retired from the Army after just over 13 years. Nice. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Ryan Ryan will have a lot more free time. On weekends, yeah. It's a bittersweet moment. I didn't really, but my back said, fuck you. So here we are. Um, but wanted to drop that one. And another bomb that I'm going to drop real quick is that, uh, I'll be dad round two here come September. Congrats. Is officially pregnant. Congratulations. So thank you. So So now you're drinking, you're drinking for three. Uh, Yeah. So we had our uh, first appointment this past Friday, got to hear the heartbeat. Things are good right now. So it's yeah. Congrats. I'll buy you a drink when we go to the game. Beautiful. I'll buy you a Founders, Ryan. <laughs> no, thanks. Thanks, man. 
<laughs> Twitter Twitter handle? Twitter handle's RDRyan33. That's all I got. Uh, my final thoughts are I'm excited to see what happens after the All-Star game because that is heading right into trade deadline. That is when we hope to get rid of some guys and bring in some oh, rookies bum, like a most Cider. Get some most Cider games in here. Get some Joe Valeno games in here. We'll see how it goes from there. Uh, but you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast at Grindline Pod. As always, uh, Founders is the official beer of the Grindline Podcast. Uh, we're going to have some cool stuff coming up with them. Uh, like I said, next week we are going to have Tony Ferrari from Dauber Prospects on to talk about the draft and kind of the Red Wings pipeline and, and what's going on there. Uh, you can find our Redbubble merch shop at thegrindline.redbubble.com. I think that's it. Yeah, you can go there and check that out. Uh, all our merch, all of it goes towards paying for this podcast, doing cool giveaways for people like you. Uh, you can also find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pod, uh, on Anchor. We are on Anchor now. Uh, iHeartRadio, Radio.com. Pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us. Um, also, if you buy hockey supplies, go to Howie'sHockeyTape.com. Use the promo code GRINDLINE. You can get 10% off your online order. And if you order really cool stuff from Bring Hockey Back, you can use the promo code GRINDLINE and get 12% off your order. Um, I think that's all the sponsors. Uh, you may also notice that before some of our episodes, you'll hear a sponsorship plug for Anchor. Um, please don't skip the episode. That gets us money, and that's really cool, mm -hmm. and we like money. So uh, for Ryan and Tyler, you stay classy, Hockey Town.